then oh my god actually now we're recording yeah now it's on because it says, it says green okay um <laughs> so what would you like to talk about real quick Yeah, um, well, life and people, right? So that's energy. <laughs> what sign are you? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then what affects you? Like, tell, tell me about why, what do you think that is? Okay, so can I ask you a couple of questions and you just tell me what, you know, just answer at the top of your head? All right, so close your eyes real quick for me. And then do me a favor, just take, five deep breaths like the deepest you can go the the better and on the fifth breath tell me what animal do you see You saw a rabbit? I mean, is that is that what you actually saw? Did you actually see it? Okay, but you were thinking about rabbits. So that's interesting because uh, a rabbit is a very interesting animal, okay? So the reason why I asked you that is because sometimes certain animal spirits are with you and they can go ahead and um, affect your moods at, at certain times. Yeah, so like for example, um let's think of a rabbit, okay? Let's let's kind of dig deep to see what your what your feelings are coming from from you going from one one way to the next, you know, with the minutes, right? So rabbits, what do you think about? Rabbits are fast, right? They're fast animals. They yeah, they're able to change, you know, from a hop to a jump to left to right within seconds. Which is what you're saying is happening with your uh, emotions, right? Okay, so let's go ahead and see. Um, like, so what else? What else about the rabbit? You think? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, good, good. You're a fast thinker. That's good. That's good. All right. So, um, when it comes to uh, rabbits, how are you with your interactions with people? recently mm -hmm. okay all right so you pick and choose <laughs> and and yeah, no, and that's fine too because you know if you think about it, the rabbit 
can be a communal animal, but it's also a skittish animal, right? It doesn't want to hang out with just anybody either. It can be piggy, right? Um, now, do you think yourself a little bit of a trickster sometimes? Trickster? Yeah, like you like to play jokes sometimes. Okay, all right. So, 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 so does the so does the rabbit. So it's pretty cool there. Um, and then, do you feel? You already said that you were you felt like you were clever because you you make quick decisions, which is good. Uh, let's see, what can we think about? Yeah. All right. So, um. Have you have you also overcome hardships? Okay, so that's good. That's good. That's good. And what about what about your um? See, because this this the rabbit symbolizes many things, right? It symbolizes good luck, new beginnings, uh, creative creativity, fertility, protection. But it also symbolizes you know fear and sometimes you know, um, being on the cautious mode or being on the um, mode where you don't know whether or not you should trust somebody, you know, like you're on the lookout, you know? So like when they're, when the rabbit appears and you, you feel like your, your mood swings are going up and down, it could be something that is also affecting you within the rabbit. Okay. But as the rabbit is trying to tell you and try to help you to, for you to go ahead and, and, um, like surpass this. Does it make sense? Like plateau out of it or like get better at it so that you don't feel like you're in one in one emotion more than the other. Okay. Yeah. So um what else what else makes you think about rabbits? Like if you were to to think about a rabbit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there could be sharks out there, so yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and the rabbit is, is cautious like that. So what you want to go ahead and kind of do is, um, like, because it has, the rabbit has, you know, there has the pros and has the cons, right? So what you want to do is kind of figure out how to go ahead and manage the cons or the, or the, or the, um, you know, for example, uh, let me just give you an example, okay? And I'm not saying it's you, okay? It's just giving an example. Rabbits can have a lot of babies, right? So if somebody was to see the rabbit and they were uh, dealing with sexual addiction or they were extremely hypersexual, then the rabbit would be telling them, hey, slow down a little bit. Does it make sense? But, but on, on the reverse, on the reverse, if that person hasn't dated anybody for a while, they haven't you know, been seeing anybody, the rabbit might appear to say, hey, go out there and mango a little bit. You see that? So it just depends. It depends on what, where you are in your life and how, and how that spirit animal is trying to figure out how to help you. Yeah. And um, I, I don't have... Um, I don't know if I wrote the uh, the animal. I have to go see if I wrote the rabbit because I wrote a book on spirit animals, and I gotta see whether or not the rabbit's in there because um, yeah, the 
when I wrote it down, it, I really like went specific and I went through all the different things that it could be. And it's like two pages long. So I have to go ahead and go look to see whether or not the rabbit's one of them that I already had done. Um, and I can send it to you and you can see how it can help you. Because like I said, yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I write um, uh, sci-fi. It's really what I write. You know, um, some people can tackle a book in three or six months, okay? And some people might take them two years to tackle the book, right? So if you have the ideas and you know what you want to write about, just take it one idea at a time. You know, like first sit down, write down your ideas of what you want it to be, you know, what you want the book to be about. And then when you feel like, oh my God, I feel like writing, just sit down and write because... Um, if you write a thousand words a day or four thousand words a day, that's that's practically almost a book because um, it's only two hundred and fifty pages for a small book, you know, which is only like ten thousand, fifteen thousand words, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you can actually you can have uh, something called ghostwriters. And a ghostwriter gets your idea and you tell them exactly what you wanted to say on the book and they write the book for you, but you know, you're the one that's on the, on the cover. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for um, for myself, in one of the stories that I'm writing uh, called First Encounters, um, the book is based on real life um, situations that happened, occurred to me and, um, and my, my friend William. And um, the thing that happened is that we went ahead and grabbed the notes from the real life story, like um, I guess you can say, or... Um, or journaling, you know, and we, we we took it and we went ahead and made it into a sci-fi version. And he wrote the first uh, draft of it. So he went and wrote, um, I want to say like a hundred thousand words, maybe more. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. Like he wrote like a lot, <laughs> a lot. I mean, a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, it's a human, he wrote a lot and he, um, he, he did the first draft of it. Right. So then I grabbed each, um, each, uh, chapter and I went ahead and, um, rewrote some of it. Like, like, for example, let's say for example, uh, you wrote, uh, tell, tell me something about one of the characters that you're writing about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So do you have a backstory as to how she got like that? Mm hmm Okay, so so when you do a, a co-writer like I did with uh, William, um, let's say that you wrote uh, that this person is conniving and all of that that you that you said about and the thing about her family and the drugs, right? So then I would come in, I would come in like I did with William, um, and I would go ahead and write um, uh, like a story about how she was doing drugs, you know, I would write, you know, how she went to a party, started, you know, doing drugs because this guy was cute or whatever. And then before you know it, she just started, you know, because it, it would be kind of like a flashback. You see that? So then, so then it works out really good when you have a co-writer because you're able to go back and forth on those ideas because you already set the backbone. You see what I'm saying? So William, William set the backbone based on our um, experiences with the other side. Uh, and then I came in and I kind of added the organs and the flesh of the book. Does that make sense? Mm hmm Yeah. Well, um... You know, like I said, I don't know if I could help you, but maybe in the future I could. If not, you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, make like a, like your own story about it. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, uh, um, in in the future when you want to go ahead and start doing this, all you gotta do is just very simple. Start at the beginning. You know, just make the backbone uh, of that first chapter, and then I can go ahead and read it, and then add to it, and then you read it and see whether or not you like it. And if you do like it, then we move on to the next chapter and the next chapter. And, you know, each chapter will be part of the each idea that you already have written. You know, it could also be, um, you know, short stories. It could be one long story. But just remember that it really only takes 250 pages uh, to, to write a small book, you know. Um, you know, novels are a little bit bigger, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and um, but that's actually like I say, like that's what I did with William, where we we got together and we uh, created this book, and he actually went ahead of me and he wrote like six six different books. It's it's like a massive project, um, so I, I'm only on book one. <laughs> I've only I've only done book one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the ideas are there, you know, it's just have to just put them a little bit um, there. So that's exciting, though, because that might actually also help, um, you know, a lot of your emotions, too, because you're able to put them all down in paper. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, so so let's go ahead and kind of think about that, right? So if you put a rabbit in a box and it has no running wheel, it has nothing to keep it like, you know, satisfied with something to do, uh, the rabbit is going to be very inconsistent eventually. He's either going to sleep a lot or he's going to be a little jittery or a little bit, you know, kind of like any, anything can set him off, right? He could, he could bite. <laughs> he, could, he could just be skittish, right? So with the spirit animal, think about it you know it, it needs it needs something to do the rabbit needs something to do it's a it's a high energy animal mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> you're like, I'm not sleeping today except for three hours because that's all I need to get. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, like, you know, spirit animals come like that. So, like, when you meditate, they might come over. Um, sometimes you just, like, Let's say, for example, in a week, you could be walking around and you keep seeing the same animal over and over and over, um, you know, or when you have a dream or just, you know, like you like you did just now, calm yourself down, just take a couple of breaths and don't think of anything and then just be like, hmm, who's with me right now? And the spirit animal will appear because they're always are, are trying to help you out to figure out how you can go about your life and make it better. And it's very easy to understand what the animal means you know like um uh we had the um the hummingbird recently that we talked about in in our podcast and you know with mara and myself and it was it was easy to understand that i was gonna have travels coming in like i knew i was gonna go traveling i just didn't know how far i was gonna go travel because the the, the hummingbird travels uh you know back and forth uh during migration you know, yeah, they do, you know, so, um, but it's like, there was many, there, were, there was many things about, about it that I went ahead and grabbed later. And even, even, um, last week when we went over and we listened to the podcast and I went ahead and went back to what the hummingbird meant, I even got stuff from it because I was like, oh yeah, because yeah, because, you know, it's something that was already with you. Well, it's not with me anymore per se, but it's, it's been appearing a lot for like a, a friend of mine um, who's going to be doing retreats with us. He's been seeing the hummingbird a lot. Uh, Myra was seeing the hummingbird a lot. So that was interesting because then it was like, oh, this is how you can apply it to yourselves. And then I was able to be like, oh, this is what I should have understood two years ago that I might have not understood all of it, you know? Sometimes you don't catch everything. We're a little slow, you know. We we are a little slow on on, on Earth. We're like, <laughs> but I think we're supposed to be a little slow. Like if we were too fast and too smart, like we we wouldn't be where we are right now, right? We would be like, it... 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's for complimenting, you know, because we're not animals that we're supposed to be by ourselves. We're supposed to be, you know, with a group of other people. So it's good when you are able to compliment somebody else because you have a different skill set than the next person. So that's actually a good thing. So like yeah, like today, you know, we figured out the podcast thing and we hadn't done that before. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And I'm definitely gonna go ahead and you know give you a buzz when I move to uh Georgia so we can do one with video because I don't I don't do video ones. Um, you know, currently I'm just doing the ones that are sound ones, like the radio. Um but um it's it's nice when you can get together with people and collaborate and talk and you know, find like different um things to talk about, which is are interesting, you know, like I said for me, um Talking about emotions is is important because I see how I I know it correlates with an, with spirit animals like I know that, and I know that the spirit animal can change. You know, like when I was younger, I was very much um, in tune with the horse, and as I got yeah the horse I, like for like for some reason when I was in I I, I grew I was born in Costa Rica was raised in America, but I was in Costa Rica until age eight or so, eight or nine. And I was very, very strong with the horse. And um, when I got older, after my 30s, I was very, very strong with the t- um Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, so I pressed the wrong button. But um, yeah, so I was very um, strong with the tiger after my thirties and before that it was the horse. And um, when I became very strong with the tiger, I was more of a loner, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, I'm a tiger, you know? And <laughs> I felt like a tiger. <laughs> um, they can be a little aggressive which which in the, at the time I had just gotten out of my divorce. So for me, I was being more aggressive because I had to be more of a mama cat, you know, uh, and I had to be like taking care of myself, my kids. So I think that's why the tiger uh, showed up to give me like strength. But it's also a solitary animal. And I was not keeping, you know, too many friends around. I was not keeping too many people around, you know, not even family. I was just like I moved out of the, the area and everything. Um, you know, um, no, I felt more like I needed to, it was more like a, I, I need, it was more like a, I can do this fight feeling. It was like, I can do this, you know, like an empowerment type scenario for me because, you know, I was, um, you know, I had three kids, I had two cats, one dog and, um, and my ex and I, you know, broke up 
And when you have a divorce, sometimes you feel very, um, you feel very lonely, very concerned, very scared. Uh, a lot of a lot of different feelings can happen, you know, especially as a woman, uh, because you don't have that backing of the man anymore. And I I kind of like grabbed that, and it wasn't it wasn't like right away. It did it did kind of like it took me maybe a couple months before I grabbed that. But then I grabbed that energy and I turned it around, and it was more like, all right. It's time for me to figure out who I am and start figuring out, you know, what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I want to say that the children being around, um, it kind of makes you be that way when you're a female. Well, yeah. And then they have to eat and they have, they need clothes. They still need, you know, school supplies. So you kind of like go into that vibe. Yeah. And so, so the, the tiger, like I said, even though it's a, um, it's a loner of an animal, uh, there's a lot of power behind it. You know, it's also very good at hiding in um, in its environment and becoming part of the environment. And so that that's what I was doing. I was kind of like, I moved away from Tampa. I ended up in Sarasota. Um, and I was kind of like learning how to be part of my environment, part of my community, but still have strength and still have meaning. So I actually opened a lot of businesses during that time. Yeah, now, now a lot of businesses didn't work out, but I still was like not giving up, you know? I was still like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try the next thing. Let's try the next thing. Let's try the next thing. And I think it's because I had that strength of keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. This is very true. This is very true. I give up for about two days, eat a lot of ice cream, cry a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, plus I'm a I'm a big um, Eye of the Tiger fan for the for the song. Yeah, I was like, dun 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 dun. You know. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Especially then with the tiger around. I was like, I am the tiger. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so <laughs> so so that's you know, like I said, so um how about you? Like looking back, was there another animal that was with you? Yeah, do you know who, who might have been with you when you were younger? Yeah, you know how the rabbit's with you right now? And for me, the the tiger and the horse were with me like when I was a little bit younger. Um, have you noticed any other animal that has been with you? Like a like a like a um, parrot. Hmm. <laughs> what type of parrot? Like a red one, a green one? Okay. Okay, that's 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 interesting. So like in the in the parrot, um I got a question for you on this one, okay? Um because this is this is when you were younger, right? So did you have like a lot of bravery, sense of adventure when you were younger? 
Okay. Okay. So then, so then you, but you liked the parrot when you were a child, and then you still. Okay. Like always, like in, in, you know, yeah, uh, to that bird. So the thing, the thing with the parrot is that um, the reason why I say bravery is because it's interesting how you said that you're cautious, right? And if you if you analyze it. And you think, okay, when you were a young child, you were not as brave, but the parrot kept trying to come around saying, hey, go out there, put yourself out there, be brave. And then you were that, you were more like a parrot in that sense as a teenager, because you did get some stuff that you were, had to be more, had more courage and more bravery for and more sense of adventure. And then now, now, the, now you're the rabbit, which is you're more cautious, right? So it makes me wonder, could you find um could you find somehow to get that bravery and that sense of adventure again mhm mm yes Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think too, as we get older, we're kind of like more cautious <laughs> as to where we go, where we hang out. Um, you know, and the parrot is more social of an animal. It's got more community uh, involved with him. So I think too, as we get older, we tend to get away from that community of people. Like we don't have as many friends as we used to. Um, Yeah. yeah, especially, well, you know, work, I, I always feel like work is work and people from work should not be part of my Entourage, you know, <laughs> I feel like people at work should stay at work. <laughs> Not in my personal life. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, you know, laughter is actually good for the soul. It makes you uh, live longer.
Yeah. And actually, too, um, the face, I, I don't know if I told you this, but um, if you are in a sad mood and you just make yourself smile, your brain cannot tell the difference whether or not it's a real smile or a fake smile. It just registers that you're smiling. So then it starts to produce uh, the, the, the chemical reactions uh, for you to feel better. Yeah. So if you ever feel like depressed, down, or a little angry or anything like that, it's good to like make yourself smile. It's good to like watch shows that will make you smile. Even if it's just like reels that about funny animals or whatever it is, you know, not, not everybody likes funny animals. Some people like um, videos where people get hurt, you know, like, <laughs> like they follow the skateboards or whatever, you know. Um, I have a friend, a friend like that. She gets a kick out of watching videos where people like fly off their skateboards or their bicycles. And she's just like, she's like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so wrong. Why are you laughing at that? Exactly. So, <laughs> I don't judge, you know, I'm just like, but when she sends me a video, sometimes I'm like, uh, some of it was, I, I had to pick like something that's funny out of it so I can comment because she's going to ask me, hey, did you like the video? <laughs> and be like, um, the guy in the blue skateboard was pretty funny. <laughs> but like you said, I can't show it. Like I can't, um, I can't share it sometimes with William because William, William doesn't like like pain. So he doesn't, he does not appreciate. Yeah. Like if something like happens where someone gets hurt, he's like, doesn't want to watch it. So uh, he'll be like, oh, you get another video from Cynthia? I'm like, yeah, you, you can't watch this one. <laughs> not for you. This one's not for you. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he does well with the, with the animals, the cute animal and the cute baby videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, he does. Uh, he does better with those. But um, yeah, so like I said, yeah, just find something funny and exciting and make yourself smile. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, if you if you take it into that sense, yeah, because back in the day when you and I went to high school, uh, you can make a fool of yourself, but nobody was recording. <laughs> no, nobody's seen it. Yeah, yeah. No, now, now there's cameras on every angle. And uh, yeah, if you're making a fool of yourself, uh, some people might record it. This is very true. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, it is. You know, and but, but, you know, I'm not I'm not very fast at recording. So I usually miss things. I'm like, oh, like, like I think the other day I was hiding. So I have a my, my son has a dog. So it's like my grandpuppy. And I was playing with a ball with him and I decided to grab it in my hands and move my hands really fast. And I kind of like, I hit the ball. Like I threw it behind me and he didn't notice it. <laughs> and he looked at me like, oh my gosh, if you just, the ball went, where did the ball go? And he runs around the room, like trying to find the ball because he thinks I tossed it somehow and comes back and looks at me like, 
how is this ball not in your hands? Like, what happened to it? This is like magic, you know? And I wish I would have recorded, but I'm so like slow. I, re I pressing the record button. Yeah. Yeah. So, and some people, like you said, whether they're doing it for fun or they're doing it for malice, they're fast at it. <laughs> they're like, oh, record. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Really? Huh. I think also depends on the area that you're in too. I think also depends on the area that you're in. You know, um, here it's a lot of old people, so a lot of old people don't grab their phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can see. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for Georgia though, because um, we're, we have a lot of plans for Georgia. Um, have you ever been to Eastman, Georgia? But do you know where, where it is kind of? You never heard of Eastman. Okay. So um, I have a friend, uh, like I said, that he's, he's been seeing the, the, um, the hummingbird a lot. So uh, he's going to open a retreat area on there. I'm going to help him with it. And it's going to be called the Hummingbird Retreat. I guess what he's going to name it. Yeah, he decided to name it that. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because I was just like, okay. Uh, yeah, he was. he's funny. He just, he, he was like, I don't have a name for it. And I'm like, I don't want to like, like, you know, like have any, um, influence on this right so i'm just like oh, okay cool and i kind of like swatted off the question and then he looks at me i looked at him and it was just like this silence for like two seconds and he goes the hummingbird retreat and i just started laughing i was like are you sure he's like yes <laughs> yeah it's like what he said he's like it feels right jackson i was like all right well go for it <laughs> yeah exactly so but it's gonna help um veterans uh we're gonna have um the um, hydroponic um, gardens to grow stuff. Uh, we'll have like a little restaurant situation. Um, hopefully, some some type of soul food and uh, other type of food that's gonna be good. He he used to own a restaurant, so I'm hoping that he brings some of that flair, you know, into it as well. You know, um, and then I'll do some meditation and the energy healing that I do and the breath work. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But, you know, right now it's just raw land. So it's just sitting there. We just got to figure out how to put it together. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm more like, uh, we just need a stage. You know, like we can do meditation. That's as far as I go. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure as, as we develop, I'll probably come up with ideas. But, um, you know, it takes me a little. Like, I can come up with ideas really fast. Sometimes, yeah, like if I know like inf the infrastructure, then my ideas go, go fast. But if I don't know the infrastructure, it's like, okay, I don't have anything up my sleeve because I still got to figure out like the beginning of it. You know, it's kind of like making a house, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like 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 if you tell me to decorate a cake, I'm all in because the cake's already made. 
So all I need to do is just decorate it, right? And like make the frosting. Like I know how to do all of that. Um, but if you tell me to like bake the cake and like I have no clue what flavor you want or like, you know, like what to put in there, I'm like, uh, I have nothing. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I don't even know what how to buy. I don't even know how to buy flour at this point. So that's kind of like how I am right now. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, but um. Um, but if I have like the right ingredients and I kind of, I kind of understand, okay, you got to make a cake and these are the ingredients, then I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's and that's part of um you know that's good about going with the flow and trying to figure out what to talk about which is which is good because um that's what I was saying with Mara, you know, cuz she does the co-hosting with me on 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 my podcast. Uh and we don't we don't ever have to like worry about what to talk about cuz she and I can talk for like forever. Yeah, so I think when when you have like a good dynamic with your co-host then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, how do you how do you do how do you do a podcast by yourself? Because I was thinking about that, but I was I was I wasn't sure what to do. I had one idea, and and you tell me if it works or not. Go ahead. Like somebody else there. <laughs> so um, the idea that I had was to do, um, I don't want to do it weekly because, you know, right now I'm moving and everything, right? So I'm, I'm leaving Florida to go to Georgia. And um, I have a lot of boxes everywhere, like I mentioned. So I figured if I just do it monthly, for now until I can figure out whether or not I want to do it weekly or bi-weekly. But I was thinking of doing like um, the tarot card uh, for the astrological sign. See what I'm saying? Like, because I read tarot cards, like I'm really good at reading tarot cards. Um, and I was thinking, okay, maybe I can just go ahead and pull one card and then be like, uh, Scorpio, this is what your card's saying for the month. You know, or or Libra. This is what your card's saying for the month. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I should pull like one card for each each um, uh, sign, or if I should just just pull one and see what I see. Maybe, maybe I should pull a card per sign. Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, but but not not going to horoscope horoscope because I'm not very good at that. Like I I know a little bit about horoscopes, but not enough to like pull it to like pull through with it. But I know a lot about tarot cards, but if I go ahead and kind of like focus on the energy, like, you know, the energy of that sign, 
maybe I can go ahead and pull a good card for that sign that could be more generalized for the people who are that sign. Does that make sense? Um, but that's one thing too that I want to do on a live podcast. I would love to go ahead and read the tarot cards for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone live yet. That's why, you know, uh, no, no, I, have, I don't even know how to press the button on that one. No, we have not uh, gone on Facebook Live or any live. Um, mainly because, you know, we, we just kind of started it. Like we have like, I think like um, two episodes and maybe five small little podcasts, um, like intros that we put on there. And I'm and I got I have like a, a couple more that I downloaded, I mean that that I made on which I was by myself. I was by myself, but it was a little different. I was, um, for example, I was explaining the symbolism of the hummingbird, okay. And then we talked about my Temascal uh, experience, and we spoke about Mara's. Um, sweat lodge experience and i went ahead and i did another episode by myself where i explained the difference between a temescal and a sweat lodge um have you been to one of those no they're pretty cool they're they're very amazing it's a very a nice yeah in america they call them sweat lodges there's better words <laughs> <laughs> There's better words for those. Uh, Native Americans call it different things, um, and and there there can be very spiritual experiences in there, uh, and transformation, and it's just it's just kind of holistic. It's holistic. So, um, but but um, Mara went to a sweat lodge because she was in America, and I went to a Tezmascal because I was in Mexico. Temascal. So uh, Temascal is the, um, I guess, Mexican word uh, for a sweat lodge uh, type of um, contraption or building. Okay, so uh, a sweat lodge and a Temascal, they're both made round. So they're kind of like a round dome. Okay, the Temascal is made out of stone most of the time where the sweat lodge is made out of like uh, sticks with like drapes on top. But inside uh, is all the same. Inside is still a circle. Inside there's still uh, rocks that get heated with the water. So they have steam and everyone sits on the floor and it gets really hot, different levels. Um, so they're, so they're, they're all, they're both very similar in the, in like, in like, um, in the inside, they're different in the outside, and um, depending on the ceremonies, it could be a little bit different. Which, but it's also very similar, uh, considering that there's sweat lodges and temascales like all over the world. I mean, like this is stuff that's like around for um, you know a lot of years. You know, from like <laughs> the beginning of time. You know, for a lot of Native American cultures, um, Mesoamericans um, cultures. And uh, even there's some I didn't mention this on the when I when I talk about it, but on the on the podcast. But there actually is also Temescal or sweat lodges type um, buildings that were found 
during the era of the Vikings and in other European uh, cultures and also Asian cultures. So, you know, it's kind of like dragons, how like you see dragons in like Europe and then you see dragons in Asia and you're like, hmm, that's weird. How come they both have them? You know, because back in the day there was no phones, like how in the world people like just had the same type of, uh, you know, how, see, this one that always gets me is like a lot of people, different cultures, different times, but a lot of them have like a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah, so the Temascal and Suelach is kind of like that, whereas around throughout the cultures. It's um so like for example, um you know, when once you get out of this this podcast that we're recording, you can go look at the one that I recorded so you can have more of an idea, but I'll give you like a basics. So the different levels of heats, um, because it's a ceremony. It's not necessarily for sweating. It is for you to go and plateau into a transformation. Yeah. Yeah, because because think about it, okay? So, like, um, the one that I went to had five levels, and we were told most people get out on level two. And, like, very rare they had a level three, okay? And we went to level five. So... When we got out of it, the shaman was cool as a cucumber because, you know, he's used to being in there and he's used to going to his own ceremonies with other shaman. And then he goes to level 10, which is ridiculously hot. And the translator, the little girl, she was like maybe about 23, 24. She got out of it and started running around because of the adrenaline. Because she could not, uh, she had never experienced a level five in three years that she had worked there. So uh, she also ended up having a transformation because of the fact that she ended up having to stay in there with us like the whole time. She can't just get out, you know? <laughs> yeah, because she's translating. Yeah, she's got to stay there. <laughs> she's translating. <laughs> yeah, she's translating, so she has to kind of stay there. You know, she's gotta, you got to just toughen it out and stay there. So, yeah, so, so for her, you know, it might have been one of those things that is kind of like, you know, I don't know. I don't I can't talk for her, but you can imagine that if that's your job and you've never gone past level two, you know, past level three very much. Only a couple of times, you know, in three years of working there. And most of the time people get out on level two. So you're pretty you're pretty relaxed. You know, you know, you can make it to level three. You're fine. And being put in the situation where she had to go ahead and go to level five with us. Um, that's why her adrenaline went, went up and she was running around cause she just couldn't believe it. She was like jumping up and down and, uh, you know, just literally running, running. <laughs> she was just like, Oh my goodness, we just did this. We just did this <laughs> in Spanish. She was like yelling back and forth. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. I think, I, I feel like she was more excited than I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but to her, you know, it, she does this for a living. So you can imagine that for her, it was like maybe after three years of doing it, she didn't think she was ever going to see level five, you know, because she hadn't. <laughs> and here we show up, you know, and we're like, yeah, yeah, just keep going. We're good. <laughs> I don't, it was, it was very hot. It was extremely hot. Don't, don't get me wrong. There was, um, 
Well, you don't you don't hallucinate. Um, you you can meditate and kind of like just kind of like calm down because it takes a lot to calm down. Like when something is really hot and you're a little bothered, like you're bothered by the heat, uh, you really have to find your center and you really have to find like your peace for you to calm down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like you really have to like find your peace, find your center, uh, find your breathing, meditate and, and be, be, um, calm because, you know, you're trying to go in and plateau into the next, you know, kind of like leave one, one stage and go to the next level and the next level. And the only way for you to do that is to go ahead and be in control. You know, you can't control. Yeah. You can't control the heat. Yeah. You can't. Exactly. And, and like I said, and when it comes to, you know, the Temascal or other things in life, you cannot control the outside environment, but you can control yourself. So the Temascal and the, um, the, um, sweat latch experience is kind of like, like that, where you cannot control what's around you and what's happening, but you can control your higher self, your, your inner being, and you can control your, your flesh, your human self by finding the grounding and finding a peace and becoming relaxed. And once you relax, you can go through many different stages. So when I got out and, and William got out of it, we were calm. We were just like, okay, cool. We just finished this. We feel, we feel, we feel really good, rejuvenated. Um, and I think the reason why we were not hyper jumping around was because we were very peaceful but because we were meditating and doing our breaths. But there was uh, one level that I told uh, William, I was like on the floor trying to breathe in the little bit of cool air that was at the bottom because I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing in here? <laughs> because because I had lost I had lost my balance, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's like one inch on the on the bottom of the floor, like one inch <laughs> where the, the, the air is cold. So I literally laid down and I was trying to breathe in. And I was like, oh my goodness, just get a hold of myself. And um, I was able to calm myself down again so I could go ahead and like sit back up. But um, I mean, my, I could not open my, you can't open your eyes. Your lips feel like they're burning. It's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like I said, everyone has different experiences, but um, it's, I definitely recommend it. Uh, if I could make a, a Temascal or a sweat lodge, um, building, um, dome in, in the, in that retreat that my friend's going to open in, in Georgia. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, it's, you know, and, and that's like you said, you know, experiences, like you really have to go out there and just experience different things. And, uh, because that's really what, you know, <sighs> yeah. It opens your mind, opens your heart. Um, opens possibilities. And then it also helps you, like, for example, like when you're a little kid, you take a PE, right? And, and your coach is like, Hey, true. Go ahead and run a lap, run two laps, run three laps. Right. And, and maybe one lap is easy. Maybe two laps is easy. Maybe four laps is not easy at all. And you're the last one in the group, or you just don't even you just walk it, you know, but in life as a, as an adult, like, how many times can we say that we're like really trying to go ahead and do the next thing that's going to take us to the next level? We really don't have that at, at work, if you think about it, 
unless something like really big comes through, you know? Yeah, and experience it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I, you'll never see me jumping off a mountain into like the, the ocean. Not gonna happen. Not because I'm afraid. <laughs> Mainly because I don't know there's a shark down there. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Both are nice though. <laughs> <laughs> what what about what about cruise ship? What? Why? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, um, we're gonna be doing retreats on cruises, okay? So, because we're gonna be doing like um, uh, conventions, and I'll definitely invite you. I'll be like, true, this is your ticket. Pack your bags. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, you know what's funny? Um, when I first was on my first cruise, I ended up getting a cabin with no windows whatsoever. Nothing. Okay. It was just like indoor. It was it was one of the inside ones. And the reason for that is because I was afraid that I that if I saw the ocean when I was in the boat, it was gonna freak me out. Okay. Um and um, well, you know, I did myself a disservice because <laughs> once I got myself, you know, a balcony one and a, a window one, and I was able to see how beautiful the ocean looks through the window or through the, or through the balcony, and I realized how safe the balcony is. You can't really fall out or anything. Um, I was like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> uh, because it's beautiful, you know, um, and, you, and you, miss, you miss so much of what's happening um, inside the ocean. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You miss so much because you shelter yourself, you know, but like I said, there's still things I'm not going to do, obviously, you know, um, but there is a lot of experiences that I, if they're, if they're safe enough, then I'll take them. Well, I'll help you with the cruise ship one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll help you that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're in luck. The cruise ship have those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The rescue team, exactly. Um, no, they're they're pretty safe. You know, cruise ships are pretty safe. They're pretty big, so they're pretty safe. Um, I've I've never really had any issues with them. The only thing that I didn't do, um, I, I think about a year ago, I was in Alaska, and they had the the um, the whale watching experience, and the the boat looked too small. Like that's the only reason why I didn't do it. Cause I was like, I'm supposed to be on that type of boat and the whale is like as big as the cruise ship. No, thank you. No. And then I also thought about, I also thought about like the orcas being inside the water as well. And you know, 
orcas, um, when you see hundreds of them in the ocean, like eating whatever it is they're eating fish or and you see a bunch of like birds like over them like flying down to grab the, the scraps or whatever uh it's it's a scary sight man it's like it's scary like i like i was on the cruise ship and i was like everyone's like oh my goodness look at those orcas and the whole thing in my head was like oh my gosh look at those orcas like they're having a, a feeding frenzy and i'm like yeah I'm not going into that excursion i am not going to get on the boat <laughs> I'm not going to get on a little boat and go in the middle of that. No, thank you. So I ended up not doing it, uh, not doing that in Alaska and not doing it in, uh, where else was it that, it, that I had the chance again? Um, God, where was I? Seattle and Seattle, the choice, the chance came in again. Wells, you're well watching. And I was like, mm, I'll pass, but there's still part of me that wants to go well watching. Like there's a percentage of me that's like, Hmm. I want to see a whale. <laughs> yeah, I think I like. I want to. Well, well <laughs> yeah, aquarium, aquarium. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see sharks in the aquarium. I don't want to see them. Like, I'll never throw myself in the water with a, in a cage. No way. No way. No. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not very good at the scuba diving. I have done snorkeling. Have you done snorkeling? Oh, no, you can. Yeah, snorkeling was fun. Yeah, yeah, I've done snorkeling. It is, it is. They take you to like pretty shallow water so that you're not too deep or whatever. Um, you stay kind of like above the water anyhow because the snorkel tube is kind of small. Uh, and you just look down and just swim looking down and you see like all the cute little fish, the coral. Um, yeah, manatees. Sometimes you see manatees, depending, like if you're in a river compared to the ocean. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's actually, there's actually a, uh, uh, God, what was it? Uh, you know, Practical Jokers, the show? Okay, okay. Yeah, so so uh, just recently they had Shark Week and Practical Jerkers. Uh, th I think three of them were on the show, not not all four, only three of them. And um, I forget their names, but the guy who's like a balding, he's really funny. Uh, he actually was afraid of the sharks, and out of like I guess out of a joke, but also kind of like research wise, he taped a dolphin, dolphins talking, and so. They put the recorder inside the water when they were having the sharks because, because one of the guys was inside the cage that they put for the sharks. Okay. And then he, the ball guy was up, was up on the boat and he was like playing the recordings of the dolphins. And some of the dolphin uh, noises made the sharks go away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the scientist that was with them, he's like, hmm, maybe I should look into this. <laughs> you know, because dolphins will fight a, a shark. They're real smart and they will fight sharks. So um, maybe maybe there is a, a certain type of sound that sharks are like, oh, not messing with that dolphin, you know? Yeah, exactly. Abort mission, let me, let's get away, but... 
Um, so I didn't, like I said, I don't know if they're going to do like more research on this or not, but you can always take a, a dolphin recording with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have it on standby. You never know. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, um, that's one reason why I don't want to do scuba diving. Cause I don't want to run into sharks. Weird. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know why sometimes like my phone, I don't even know who's trying to call me at nine o'clock at night. Uh, on? Are we on now? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, so that's, that sounds like a good, like a good thing to like do, you know, like experience the ocean, but in a safe manner. Yeah. When I when I went scuba diving, I mean not scuba diving, but snorkeling, um, I was in a river over here in uh, Florida, and we were supposed to be snorkeling in an area where there could have been some manatees around, and in Florida you can't you can't mess with them, you can't touch them or whatever, um, so we were not planning on touching them, but we knew that they were going to be around, and the captain who was snorkeling with us, he's like, oh, um, look over to your I think it was to your right. It was to, no to my left. No, to my right. It was to my right. He's like, look to your right. It's like a shadow, you know, coming through, and that shadow is probably a manatee. And I'm thinking to myself, man, like I don't want to stay. Like there's a part of me that wants to look down with my goggles, and there's a part of me, yeah, and there's a part of me who doesn't want to do that because I'm like, what if it's a shark? <laughs> you know, and of course it's not gonna be because it's freshwater, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The panicking, the the anxiety. Yeah, and you know it's fresh water, so there shouldn't be a shark. But you know, sharks can cross over in fresh water; they can do it. Uh, no. Yeah, sometimes they come in the shore, especially like in the middle. Yeah, so, so, so I was just like, I wanted to do that, but before I could go and put my gaggles in the water to look down to see how if I could see the the manatee, because it was like ten feet away from us, you know. Before I could do that, I feel this like really soft, cushiony <laughs> uh, thing grab me by the leg, <laughs> and uh, I know I stayed. I stayed. I was just like frozen because I, you know, you can't touch the floor. You don't know what's going on. And I kind of look. I, I look down with my goggles and. There's a four a four foot um, manatee holding on to my leg, <laughs> my thigh. He was actually holding on to my thigh. <laughs> so I freak out. I'm like, ah, there's something on my leg. <laughs> and then and then everybody in the group and the and the and the captain comes over. <laughs> yeah, everybody in the group and the captain comes over and they're like, oh my god, it's so cute, it's a baby manatee. And I'm just like, what do I do? Because the mom's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can't touch them, so you like you just have to like stand there, wait till like it comes off your leg. So I was just, I was, yeah, yeah, because he's like, don't touch it. That way, the mom doesn't get angry. Just stay still. And but everybody was taking photos, you know, and I'm just like standing, trying to stand still, like in the water. They all had cameras out, yes. They had cameras, and I'm just like, and uh, you know, you know, the scariest part about the manatee, they have like, you know, how teddy bears have like button eyes that are, that don't really have like any color; they just black. Manatee eyeballs are like that. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so so here I am like looking down going ah <laughs> yeah and then and then it freaked me out because the eyeballs were like that it was like not staring into anything I couldn't tell what he was looking at <laughs> he was cute no no I couldn't read him I couldn't read him I didn't know what's going on no no the mom was like 10 feet away from me and she's as big as a car <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, and he's just holding onto my leg, real cutesy, and I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> but um, he eventually um uh, let go of my leg and swam away. <laughs> so maybe he was just like, "Mama, oh, run, Mama!" <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Sorry, I didn't get to see. It. I thought it was my mom. Are you my mom? <laughs> nope." <laughs> but um, but it was still a cool experience, you know, and um. And so someone, you know how you like post things on Facebook, or whatever. And this was a long time ago. This was like, oh gosh, it might, it might've been like 10 years ago, something like that. And someone posted on Facebook, oh, you, you shouldn't be touching Matthews. Well, technically I didn't touch him. He touched me, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, but I did have a good time and uh, it was a good experience. Like I said, even though uh, I would never do it with sharks. Nope. Not going to happen. Uh, well, there's still a chance there. There's still a little bit of a chance there. Yeah, yeah, because um, I don't know. There's something. There's something that calls me to them. You know, like there's something that that keeps, it gives me like curiosity over those animals. I just don't want to be too close to it. Like you know, I've already and, and I'm talking about like blue whales. You know, like big blue whales. I would love to see a blue whale. Which is one of the biggest wells there is, right? Uh, um, orcas, I don't really care to see orcas because um, I've seen plenty of orcas and killer wells in Orlando and SeaWorld. You know? Yeah, Orlando, you know, has had, you know, we have a big aquarium and, and they used to have them. I don't know if they still have them or not, but back in the day when I was a little kid, they used to sit children on top of the, the orca wells. Yeah, my little brother uh, got picked and he got to sit on top of it. I was so jealous. <laughs> At the time, I was jealous. <laughs> now I'd be like, mm, "You could have been, you could have been well, well food." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I'm like, mm, "No, thank you." But when I was little, I was like, oh, "My little brother just got picked." <laughs> He's like all excited on top of Shamu. <laughs> uh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, you know, people didn't think of the dangers of those things. That they were still like, you know, it's like having a, a lion, you know, and picking somebody from the from the audience to hold the hoop. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, going to the circus, I, I had the chance of riding an elephant once because um, my, my friend uh, owns the circus and I had a chance of riding it, uh, the elephant. It was the last show that they were going to have with elephants, live elephants. And I almost rode it, but I got scared. <laughs> I got scared at the end. Yeah, I got scared at the end. I was like, uh, I'm good. But I did put the kids on it. I was like, you guys go. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I wasn't scared for them. I was scared for myself. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I was. I was like, you guys go. I'm staying down here. 
Yeah. But um, a friend of mine uh, here in, in, in Florida, there's actually a elephant sanctuary. And they didn't get to ride them, but they get they got to wash them. And that looked pretty fun. Yeah, like you feed them and you wash them with like big brushes and stuff. <laughs> it looked like fun. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so 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 talking about animals that are big with that, what has been the most wildest animal you've ever touched? But the most exotic. Uh-huh. I'm about to take it to the zoo. <laughs> when I get to Atlanta, I'm going to take it to the zoo because... <laughs> Did they have, like, pet the animals experiences? Okay. Well, okay. So that's exotic. Yeah, giraffe is exotic. That definitely counts. Okay. Okay. I guess. I guess I live in crazy Florida, so we pet a lot of weird stuff here. <laughs> yeah, deer's pretty exotic. I've never. I've never petted a deer. I've seen some in the neighborhood, but I've never petted them because, you know, they're wild. Deers and dogs. <laughs> That's good. We got, we got all type of stuff. I mean, like, I've petted alligators. I've petted a rhino. Yeah. The rhino was cool. Yeah, the, the rhinoceros was really cool. I like I like petting the rhino um, because they let you do it at the at – the, at the, um, you know, the Susie, you can pay, you can pet almost anything here. They walking around. <laughs> yeah, we allow snakes. You know, you know, it's actually, um, my son lives in Hawaii and Hawaii has zero snakes. Isn't that cool? Here we have like a lot of snakes. Like a lot. I don't even have to walk outside my house. I can just go to my yard and there'll be like 10 of them in there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. And I mean, no, nah, listen, it's, um, and they're, they're not deadly ones. Like the ones that I have, um, they're like black razors or black rat snakes. They're called. Um, and sometimes they come in like I have a lanai, right? And my cats don't, don't leave the lanai. They stay in the lanai or inside the house. And during the day, I let them go out into the lanai, you know, for them to like hang out and get a little bit of sun or whatever. And every now and then I'll hear like the door, like, you know, with the door like open and closed. And I'll be like, wait a minute. What just opened and closed the door? 
So I'll go out there to look around and sure enough, it'll be like a six foot snake. Yeah, and the cats are pretty good at like fighting it. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's a snake here. And they'll try to like, fight it and stuff. And and then I have to like call like somebody to come help me get the snake out. Um because we don't kill them because they're not they're not dangerous. You know, they're not uh, poisonous snakes. They're just regular snakes. If it was a poisonous snake, then, yeah, you got to kill it because, you don't you know, it's dangerous. But um, um, I've only seen like one poisonous snake where I live. Only one time. It was like a baby one. Um, and, and we killed it. Uh, but the other ones that come around and walk, you know, back and forth and stuff, they're just regular ones like um like the black racers, the, the black rat snakes, whatever they're called, um, they don't they don't do anything. I'm sure they'll bite you if you if you if they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those um but like for example, like my dad my dad goes to the park a lot in Hillbrook County in Tampa and he says he's seen rattlesnakes over there. Yeah, those is those are those can kill you, so yeah, those are serious snakes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, for me, for me, it's like um, I'm at least snakes are big enough that you can hopefully see them and like walk away from them. Like the scariest thing for me, um, it wasn't scary like in the daytime, but it was scary to know that they were still out there in the nighttime because you would think like animals will hide at night, but they don't. And um, have you ever do you ever know about those little tiny little frogs that are poisonous? Mhm. It's like they're tiny, like as big as like um. They're as big as the as your thumbnail. They're yeah. In Costa Rica, there's a lot of them. Okay, and they're cute. They're like green. They're yellow. They're red. They're they're beautiful to look at because they're so they're so colorful, but they're so tiny. And uh, if they get you, your heart can stop. Yeah. Um, they're like poisonous frogs. I don't know like the correct name of them, but um in Costa Rica there's a lot of them. So one time we were over in the mountain and we we rented this cabin over in the mountain in like a like a the a jungle, like a jungle of like uh cacao, cacao jungle. And it was a sacred uh forest type scenario, um rainforest, very nice, beautiful views. But uh, we made the mistake of getting there at nighttime and there was no one that can take us up there at the time. And we were able to find like this random dude that was like, hey, I'll take you guys up there, uh, you know, for X amount of dollars. And then we were like, here's my money. Take me up there. And there, <laughs> there was a there was a, a part of the mountain where his car couldn't go anymore. And he had a four by four and he goes to us in the daytime. When you go back down, uh, you're going to have to get something called a tuk-tuk, which is kind of like a motorcycle uh, to take us back up there. Uh, but he goes, but my car cannot make it anymore because I, I cannot. We'll fall off the mountain if I can continue. So I was like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just walk it. So he leaves and it's pitch black, <laughs> which is something else to the weird and think about it because we didn't have flashlights. We didn't have anything. And it's it's completely pitch black. It is like a 40, 45 degree angle climb. Okay. We still have like, we didn't know how far we still had to get to the top actually. Cause we, we, we just didn't know it was dark. 
And it turned out to be about 20 more feet to go on a 45 degree angle. It had just rained. So there was like a lot of mud um, going up. We we're carrying around 50 pound suitcases. <laughs> and um, the light on the phone uh, could only light up like a foot away from me. I couldn't see like past a foot. So I'm going up the up the incline and then William disappears. He disappears on me. Like, I don't know where he went. I keep yelling for him. I, he doesn't yell back. <laughs> so I'm like, I started crying. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm lost. <laughs> Maybe he fell off the mountain. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, you know, I don't know. But I could, I still could try to climb it up. Because I was like, well, eventually I'll get up there, you know. And um yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm already here. Let me just keep trying, you know. And um, eventually, like, William appears, and he comes down, sliding down, and he grabs my suitcase, and he's like, hey, wow, you gotta see the view up there. You're pretty. There's light up there. We, we, you know, we're only about 10 more feet before you can get to the top. He's like, let me go ahead and get your suitcase and, and, and pull you up there. And I was like, okay. So he pulls me up there, and um, the place was beautiful. It was gorgeous. <laughs> we really liked it. But in the morning time, we wake up, right? And we go out to venture around to see where was it that we were we were at. And um we thank God have been walking like right in the middle of the of the pathway. Because, you know, when you don't see if there's a drop-off or whatever, you tend to stay in the middle, right? Well, thank God we did that because to both sides, well, one side had a drop-off, the other side had kind of like the the jungle trees. And it had uh, spiders as big as tennis balls. Yes. Plus a bunch of those little frogs all over the place. And big spider webs and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, it was kind of funny when we, we woke up because we were like, oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Look at those spiders. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, look at those little frogs. And I was like, don't touch them. Do not touch the frogs. Do not touch the frogs. And he's like, but they're so cute. I'm like, do not touch the frogs. Your heart will stop. And he's like, they're poisonous. I was like, yep, they are. <laughs> they're poisonous. <laughs> Um, so, you know, when you go to different countries, you experience animals like that. Yeah. In Florida, we don't really have much. I mean, we do have a lot of stuff in Florida, but not necessarily where people live. Uh, the worst I ever had were, um, what are they called? Those black widow spiders. Yeah, that's like the worst. And, and, and it wasn't, and it wasn't here because I live by, by the beach here, but it was when I lived uh, over in the countryside, there was a lot of black widow spiders. Yeah. 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 Those things will kill you. Exactly. But I think like most of the time you're pretty safe, you know, from like deadly bugs and deadly animals. You know, it's not like Australia. Australia, you got to watch your back at where you, you look because everything down there can kill you. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. You got to be careful with uh, some of the, the animals and the things. Yeah, mosquito can take you out exactly. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. My cousin one time, because I'm I'm originally from Costa Rica, she's like a mosquito like bit me and like I smacked it, and she's like, "Did you take it? Did she did she look at the legs to make sure it was not a poisonous one?" And I'm like, "What do you mean if I looked at the legs?" And she's like, "Yeah, did it have striped legs?" And I'm like, "Who's even looking at that? Like, you know, like." <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't want to go ahead and smack it and like know whether or not it has striped legs. No, am I going to go ahead and sit there and be like, all right, is this one poisonous? Let me look at the legs. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But so I'm, I'm excited, you know, like I said, for Georgia because hopefully it's nice. Have you been to Augusta? Okay, so it's new to me too. <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know. We'll, we'll, it's just an adventure, so. Okay, yeah, I'm like three hours north of Savannah, but it runs on the Savannah River, which which meets in Savannah and gets out into the ocean. So, it shouldn't be. It should be nice. Savannah was nice. I've been there too. I used to have family there, so, and I have family in Atlanta. So it's just about going over there. Yeah. So like I said, I'll see you for a podcast and stuff and we'll we'll touch bases. Um, but let's go ahead and end this one. So um this is what we're gonna do, okay? I'm going to go ahead and um do not do not like turn off the app, leave it on, and I'm going to text you when it's safe to turn it off, okay? Because it needs to, it needs to go ahead and, and um, uh, finish recording what you taped and what I taped, or else it just sounds. It'll just it now just be me and myself talking to myself, and and you'll be gone. But um, yeah, it's like a loading process. So wait until it loads, and it tells you when it's finished. So I'll I'll text you in a little bit. Okay, so let me go ahead and see how you do this. So this is here, and I believe. Press here.